Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and good afternoon and possibly good morning to you. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Rick Luper from the Poetry Superhighway. Welcome to PSH Live, our monthly worldwide open reading. It's January 2010. Happy New Year to all of you. This is our first show of the year. I'm very excited. I'm, I'm wearing new underwear, uh, and it's, it's going to be a whole new thing today. So uh, get excited and call in. The number is 646-716-7362. It's an open reading, and you, yes, you, yes, yes, I do mean you, you are invited to call in and read your work. Um, all are invited. Any style you have, any, any poem that, uh, that you'd like to read, something brand new that you're really excited about or something you're not even sure about that you want to just test the waters with, or something old and established, uh, a poem in form, a poem in rhyme, uh, a spoken word, uh, performance, um, anything you got, we'd love to hear it. This is, there are no content or style restrictions here on Poetry Superhighway Live. It's an open reading, open to all. Please call in and read the number 646-716-7362. Every time I give out the number, I feel like I'm on a uh, I'm on working for public radio and I, I'm asking you for money or something because I give out the number so much. Uh, so much. I'm not asking you for money, but um, on the other hand, if you'd like to send me money for any reason, let me know and I'll be happy to give you my address or a PayPal account and we can. Uh, we can set that up for you. So um, we're going to get to our, our first callers in a, in a couple of minutes. A um, couple things going on. I wanted to let you know that uh, uh, starting soon, at the beginning of February, we're going to launch into our annual Great Poetry Exchange Project. This is a, a unique project where if you have a, a book of poetry that you've written, or perhaps an anthology that you've edited or that you're in, if you a pledge to send that book to another participant in the Great Poetry Exchange, then in turn you will receive a book from another participant in the Great Poetry Exchange. So that's going to be launching at the beginning of February. So check your bookshelf, see what you, you've got. It's, a, it's literally a great exchange of poetry by poets from all over the world. And every, uh, um, it's just this vision I have of poetry books flying across the world um, all at the same time time arriving in different people's mailboxes, it's cool. So um, there's that. Um, also, I want to let you know, I have a new book out. It's, it's hardly out. I, I don't even have copies myself, uh, but it's still available on Amazon. Well, still, as in that's the only place you can get it at the moment. It's called We Put Things in Our Mouths. And uh, this is a new collection of poetry that I wrote on a trip to Europe a couple of summers ago. Um, I visited the cities of Amsterdam, Brussels, Bruges, and Paris in uh, Holland, Belgium, and France, and wrote a bunch of poetry there. It's really in the vein of my other travel books. Uh, most recently, I released uh, the book A Man With No Teeth Serves Us Breakfast, which is poems I wrote in London a couple of years ago. Uh, previous to that, there's a collection called I'd Like to Bake Your Goods, which is poetry I wrote on, uh, on my honeymoon, also in Europe. Um, I have a, a book of travel called Feeding Holy Cats that I wrote in Israel, poems I wrote on a, a trip to Israel. And um, if you're not really into international travel, perhaps uh, uh, you'd be interested in Mowing Fargo, which is a book of poems I wrote on a four-day trip to Fargo, North Dakota, 
or Up Liberty's Skirt, which is yet another title I wrote in uh, New York City. All these are travel books. Um, I kind of write this, um, I don't know, humorous, observational poetry, a lot of short observations from whatever my particular filter is. The latest one, it's just out now, We Put Things in Our Mouths. You can find it on uh, Amazon.com right now. Soon I'll have my own copies, which I will be excited uh, to get. I don't know if any of you have uh, put uh, books out or, or have, been, have had a book published and you've been kind of waiting to get your author's copies. Well, mine are even now shipping to me, and I'm very much looking forward to getting that box and opening them up and having them. So, so check it out. It certainly means uh, a lot to um, me as a poet when, when people support me by buying books, and I know it does to all of you who, who have uh, books out. So it's a great thing to do. I say this a lot at the open reading I host in uh, Canoga Park, California. Uh, we, I have featured readers every week, and I, I produce a poster, a broadside, for each featured reader of one of their poems. And, and the way that we compensate the readers is we ask for a you know, donation after they're done reading, and all of the money goes to the poet. And um, it's a great thing when uh, people support artists by buying their art. And as an artist, when you make any kind of money from your art, uh, and you, then you, you do something with that money, even as mundane as buying yourself a meal, it's, it's really wonderful because you're, you're literally sustaining yourself with your art. It, it adds, um, I don't know, I, I don't know that legitimacy is the, light, the right word, but it's, it's a cool thing to be able to sustain yourself in some way from your art. So check out my book on Amazon.com. If you, if you look up my name, Rick Lupert, on Amazon, you, you'll see all my titles there. I just posted a link to directly to the book in the uh, chat room as well. Um, but this show is not about me. It's about you and, and your poetry. We've got a few callers on the line. Again, the number to call in uh, is uh, area code 646-716-7362. I will identify you by the area code that you're calling from, so uh, you should be aware of your area code. So that way when you hear it, you'll know that I'm talking to you. Um, starting right away, we have a caller from the 908 area code. Hello. Oh, <laughs> hey, Rick, how you doing? <laughs> good. Doing good. The rolling hills, yes. My bubalectomy was successful. <laughs> and that? Yes, my bubalectomy. Anyway, uh, let me start right in on this. Uh, this is uh, two verses that I combined into one piece. They're both short. So there are no epics today. <laughs> yeah. Number one is an economics lesson. Number one. <clears throat> Alberto the dog promises to teach me about economics today as he approaches horrified fire hydrant and sniffs and sniffs and sniffs to mark the spot for the anticlimactic lifting of the leg with predictable golden results in final malodorous punctuation against violated hydrant, he then turns towards me and proclaims, and this is how we define trickle-down economics. There'll be a quiz on this at the end of the period. Two, the quote, with apologies to Rick Lupert. <laughs> 
At the Central Park Zoo on no ordinary day, we are poised for a huge press conference in order for America's mayor to make an announcement regarding his political future, for which there is overflowing interest and boundless speculation. Giuliani faces flashing bulbs and ocean of press. He smiles towards the cage, towards, he ambles towards the cages and pauses to open his mouth in total control, like Mussolini, in order to announce, Fuck you, lion bastard! Gasps. Don't blame me. I'm only quoting the poet. That's it. <laughs> well, I, I'm going to have to be careful what I say out loud or put in poetry, David, now that I know that you're absconding <laughs> your own poetry. Um, an honor to be to be thought of. Isn't it interesting, uh, Giuliani? Uh, they, they just made fun of this on Saturday Night Live last night, but uh, what, didn't he just say a couple days ago that regarding terrorist attacks that I guess he was he was trying to point out a there were no there were no domestic attacks under Bush. He completely forgot about 9/11. What an idiot! Like, it seems like that wouldn't be one he would forget. <laughs> but um, well, that's because he was too busy. He was too busy posing. It was a big photo op for him. That's all it was. That's all 9/11 was to him. I don't know about that. I think during the the event itself, he he did a great job. I I, I can't speak. I, I mean, I I don't really know enough about him to. Well, that that'll be that'll be that'll be a disagreement between you and I, but that's okay. Anyway, you know, you've been to Newark now twice, and you haven't looked me up. And you know, we could we could go to we could go to Starbucks. We could order our macchiatos, sit at sit at our table. All of a sudden. I'll jump up with my 360 pounds up on the table, start boogieing, taking off my clothes while they put $100 bills in my DVDs, and I'll, I'll announce to the whole place, coffee is not a drink for pussies. <laughs> and then you get up on the adjacent table, you start taking off your clothes while they put $100 in your DVDs, and you announce to the entire world, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> well, David, What do you think of that? If you think there's money in it, uh, you know, I think it's, I think it's Yeah, I thought that would be a good way for us to make a few bucks. <laughs> when I when I uh, when I fly to Newark, it's it's not because I'm going to New York. Newark. I know, I know. Heading to other parts of the uh, of the uh, of the Northeast there, but um, I was just uh, kidding. We're actually heading there again over Passover, and and we'll be stopping in in uh, Atlantic City, which is you know one of the rare times I'm actually going to Newark to stay in New Jersey. Uh, but uh, but we'll see. So David, David, this is by the way you didn't say who you are, so allow me. This is uh, David Neves from uh, Newark, New Jersey. So From the West Rolling days. Hills. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the, the beauty and the glory of, of the, uh, well, whatever you'd call your state. <laughs> so, uh, I shouldn't make fun of it. I was born in New Jersey, but we left rather quickly, so I don't have much uh, memory. But anyway, David, thanks for calling in. And, uh, and Thank you, Rick. Talk to you next Thank month. Bye-bye. Bye. That's uh, David Nevs from Newark, New Jersey, a regular caller who... Uh, uh, well, actually, if, if you listen to this work carefully, I, I guess you would 
define him as an irregular caller, wouldn't you? Ha! Just kidding, David. Um, so, uh, uh, but thanks for being a regular and calling in. Um, uh, all right, moving along, the number to call in is 646-716-7362, and uh, we're going to move right along to a caller from the 863 area code. Oops, yes, hello, 863. Um, he hello, Rick. This is uh, Noreen Ann Jenkins from Lake Wells, Florida, and I got a hey, poem. Hello, and um, how you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Okay, I'm doing fine. It's cold down here today. How cold is cold in Florida? Um, well, today probably in the 30s, and yesterday it we we wow. seen sleet in our own yard. It got down to 20 last night. It's supposed to be that way tonight too, in the 20s. Well, that sounds uh, that's much colder than here in Southern California, and mm -hmm. colder than I've ever heard of it in Florida. We're we're yep. heading to Florida over uh, over President's Day weekend. Do you think that you can do something about making it a little warmer by then? Um, I hope so. It's supposed to get warmer up next week. Well, good. I I any anything you can do would be appreciated. Because okay. we, we in Southern Cal, we don't we can't really tolerate 30 degree uh, weather. Uh -huh. Well, my okay. wife can. She's uh she's from the East Coast, but I I can't. I'm just gonna stay on the plane if it's that cold. <laughs> okay. And and the the poem I got to read to read today is called "No More Living Dead Zombie Kids." Okay. Um. What do you think you are doing to these kids? Please stop destroying these kids' minds. Are you that cold-hearted? Don't you care? Maybe you don't, but I do. Don't you remember back when you had feelings for your wife, girlfriend? Husband, boyfriend, mother, father, grandma, grandpa, or brother, or sister, or friend. So please, let these kids live a normal life instead of being the living dead zombies. Let the boys be boys. Let the girls be girls. Let them show feelings, show emotions, show love. I want to hear their laughter, hear them shatter kids' talk. I want to see them play, run, learn just having fun. Let these kids live and grow a normal life. They could be the future mother, future father, future husband, wife, future author, writer, or a poet, future president, future owner of a company, future farmer, future teacher, and on and on. But they can't if you keep on feeding them with these killer drugs. Please, for once, listen to somebody, even me. You know who I'm talking to. It's you, the one who sells and manufactures cocaine, crank, LSD, marijuana, acid, and on and on. Maybe it's too late for you to live a normal life, but don't let it be too late for the kids if you really care. Please, no more living dead zombie kids. That's the end. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Well, a, a nice uh, a sentiment there uh, um, as, as well. Noreen, um, thanks okay. very much for reading that. Um, what's going on in your neck of the woods in terms of poetry? I know last time you were on the show, I think you mentioned you, you started heading to a poetry reading. Um, um, yes, it wasn't exactly poetry reading, but, but uh, it's for all writers. And I haven't had to get the chance to get back there yet because of, um, of our transportation. We don't have much of a transportation right now. But as soon as we get it going, I'll be back going back there. Okay. 
and they're Great. all mm-hmm. Great. Well, thank you so much for calling in um, again, okay. and I uh, hope it warms up for you out there. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. That was a uh, oops. Uh, sorry, I accidentally uh, hung up on her there. But that was a Noreen uh, Jenkins calling from Clearwater, Florida. Noreen, very much appreciate you calling in. I love having repeat callers and 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 such here on the air, just as much as I love new callers. I, I kind of wish we had time to get everybody in the world on the air. Maybe we'll do a marathon show the first for a month straight and see if we can get every single poet in the world to read a poem. Uh, I'm going to work on that. Um, the number to call in, 646-716-7362. Don't be shy. If you're listening for the first time, if you've never read poetry in front of people before, um, this is a great opportunity to do it for the first time. Uh, you can do it from the privacy of wherever you are with your phone. Uh, you don't have to. You don't, no one will. Uh, no one will beat you up. No one will um, heckle or ridicule you. At least that you'll be able to hear. Maybe they'll do that privately in their own homes while they're listening. But uh, it's a great. It's a great thing. If you've never read poetry before, you definitely get, have to give it a try. And um, so again, call in six four six seven one six seven three six two. Moving along to a caller from the uh, 218 area code. Hello. 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 Uh, Hello. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, cool. Uh, This is Liz Minette, and I'm calling from Esco, Minnesota, near Lake Superior in northern Minnesota. And um, we seem to have like a a cold theme, and it's January in northern Minnesota, so it is cold up here. Wow. Um, so what was the name of the city, did you say? Um, it's Esco. It's outside of Duluth, Minnesota, um, right n- near Lake Superior, one of um, uh, one of the Great Lakes, northern Minnesota. That is where oh. I'm calling from. Wonderful. Yeah. First time, but, uh, oh, your, your, your name sounds familiar. Did you, have you corresponded with me um, on, for, on the Poetry Superhighway? Yeah, I did. I sent in some poems, and you were nice enough to publish uh, three. Or you were uh, oh, right, nice right. enough okay. to publish three of them. Yeah. You're a recent uh, uh, poet of the week, then. That's what I yep. That. Yeah. And so I, I've been getting the emails, and I thought, well, I'll call in today and just read one of one of the poems you published. So, but I thank you. I mean, your site is really cool. I thank you for all the work you do, Rick. And it's um, just been cruising the site and looking at everything, and it's really nice. Thanks. Thanks. I, I um, you know, I, I designed this. I think it's a good, useful resource. I designed the site about 11 years ago, and I think it's a bit long in the tooth in terms of the way it looks. And I, I've been working on a redesign of the site, oh, for about three years now. But oh, okay. um, so it, it's not only going to be functionally uh, cool; it's going to it's going to look cool as well. Coming up um, relatively soon, I think. But I appreciate the kind words. Oh, you're welcome. Well, I'll read. Um, I'll read one of the poems you uh, you published. Um, I'll read dream poems. Okay. Okay. Dream poems. I dream poems. Good ones. I write. I'm a writer. I dream blue silk scenes, blue milk floors with dark people frozen standing on them, and straight dark letters, words typed on a page, white being shown to me by these people, planets spinning below their eyes. Fingers spread out on bubbled green glass tables. They talk about this great writer that isn't me. And wouldn't I like to read one of these poems, not written by me, written by me? Very nice. 
Thanks. Um, Liz, how, how great to, to hear your work. I, um, I love it when past uh, Poets of the Week call in, and it you know, helps me make an extra connection between uh, between what I what I do on that end of it and, and this end of it. Um, do you, uh, I, by the way, I, um, if, if you want to see more of Liz's work, um, do click on Past Poets Archive or Past Featured Poets from the main Poetry Superhighway menu at PoetrySuperhighway.com. She was a featured poet December 14th through 20th, and so it's about the fourth item down there, and you can read uh, you can read um, that poem and uh, along with uh, a couple others that that uh, that you were nice enough to submit. Are you involved in in poetry in in Esca? Is there a community there that you participate in? There's a pretty big writing community here in the Esco Duluth area. Um, we have Lake Superior Writers and um, a, no, a number of other, uh, like Duluth Art Institute and a number of other galleries that work with writers and other artists to um, feature not only you know visual work but literary work too. Um, we have the University of Minnesota Duluth that has the Tweed Museum that's worked with um, printmakers and artists before. Uh, and just a really strong um, literary community up here. We have people like um, Lewis Jenkins, Barton Sutter, um, um, a number of other poets. I, I came upon your site because you had published a woman from Duluth named Michelle Matthews. And um, I have seen her work a couple of times and was just sort of on the internet and came, saw her name, and then something about Poetry Superhighway. So that's how I came to your site. And I'm like, oh, this is really cool. Okay, well, I'll submit some work and see what happens. So. <laughs> and lo and behold, it, it worked out for yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, pretty Did strong you, writing community. Yeah, go ahead. It, I was just going to ask specifically, is there you know, a, a regular reading series that you participate in that, that someone else who might be from your area or traveling through you know, could, could learn about? Is there a weekly or monthly series that you go to or anything like that? Not currently right now. Um, there used to be a while back, but every now and again, Lake Superior writers will put, put on something like a, a membership reading or an author's reading. Um, Usually what is goes on is if a number of authors get together and have a reading. Um, we also have, we were the first in the state in Minnesota to have a poet laureate um, of Duluth. I mean, not of the state, but of Duluth. And now St. Paul has a poet laureate, as does Winona. Um, these are all towns in you know Minnesota. And so right now our poet laureate is Jim Johnson. And so they've had like, it's you know just sort of a, a nice gesture to somebody that's been writing and publishing for a long time, and that's put on by Lake Superior Writers, and they you know host group readings and that kind of thing. Um, a good site to go to is LakeSuperiorWriters.org, and that kind of covers events going on in the area. LakeSuperiorWriters.org. I'm going to yep. type that into the into the chat room. Uh, so people can can go right to it. Um, yeah. uh, cool. I'm actually the poet laureate of my house. Are you? Yes. Okay. So <laughs> That's it's a, it's an honor honor I've been given by uh, by my cats. Um, my wife was, was was against it, but she you know okay. she was willing to acknowledge the position at any rate. Um, do you do you have a website or or anywhere um, where people can check out more of your work? Um. I have some work posted on, this is a great site too, it's called MN, as in Minnesota, M, abbreviation for Minnesota, mnartists.org, O-R-G. It's a huge 
site for Minnesota artists to go. We can go on. You can post your work if you're a visual artist, writing artist, what have you. Artists from all over the state have their stuff, have their uh, work on there, and they also have um, um, like calendar feeds, RSS feeds, and that kind of thing about events going on um, in Minnesota. Insofar as visual, dance, literary, what have you, it's a really wonderful site. Wonderful. Well, um, do, do you have any books out? Do you have anything uh, that, that you could promote uh, for you? Not right now, but I'm working on it. So I'll have to let Poetry Superhighway know at some point. Please do. Please I do. Will. Anyone, who's, anyone who's been a featured poet of the week, um, uh, one of the I guess benefits is I'll automatically put one of your books in the in the bookstore, which uh, which um, you know gets an extra shout out in the in the weekly email when I do that. So it just calls more attention to to your work. So you better get that book out so we can do that. I will do that. I currently I have work on online uh, an online place I have work on is um, not only Poetry Superhighway but BloodLotus.org and they're uh, a couple of women um, editors I believe out of Montana that do that. But that's a really cool site BloodLotus.org. Good. I just I, I posted all these links in the in the chat room that's that's part of the uh, of the Blog Talk Radio site. So anyone who's in there can click right over. To them, that's something that anyone listening can do. Whether or not you call in, you can join the chat room and and converse with other people uh, who uh, are in the chat room about uh, the show that you're listening to, or you know, click on the links or whatever it is that you'd like to do. Um, just say anything that you'd like. Well, Liz, um, uh, well, one other question, Duluth. I'm not that that familiar with with that part of the the northern Midwest. I, I've been to Fargo a few times. Though. Are you is is where you are? Very far away from there. Um, we're probably about two or three hours east, just straight east of Fargo, right on the tip of Lake Superior. So if you get out your map, your United States map, and how Lake Superior looks like a wolf, um, the shape of the lake looks like a wolf's head. We're right at the wolf's nose. Does he ever <laughs> breathe on you? <laughs> uh, all, you know, if the wind wind is coming off the lake, you can feel that breath pretty good. <laughs> No doubt. Um, well, great, Liz. I'm I'm really happy that you called in today, and um, uh, congratulations on on your your various uh, online publications. And and please call in again. We do this show every month. Will do. Thank you. Thank you. That's uh, Liz Minette calling from Esca, Minnesota. She was recently a featured poet of the week on the Poetry Superhighway um, in December, just a few weeks ago. Again, you can you can check out the three poems that she had online by uh, clicking on Past Poets Archive um, on the main Poetry Superhighway site, which is about four down. Read the poem that she read and the, and the other couple that she has there. So actually, if you look at the whole that whole Past Poets Archive, we, we started the Poetry Superhighway in 1997. And every single poet uh, who's been published, I've been putting up um, two poets a week the entire time. I th actually, I think the first few weeks, I was only putting up one poet a week. But then I realized that the volume of submissions, uh, I was never going to get to as many people I wanted to publish uh, with, by only putting up one a week. So quickly, I went to two a week, and we've been doing that for, for the bulk of the time. So you can, it's a, it's a pretty cool thing to uh, check through if you like poetry. And I suspect if you're listening to the show, you just might. So there you go. Um, moving along. Oh, just a quick comment. Uh, uh, Richard Lynch is in the chat, chat room uh, talking about books. Uh, 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 he's saying 
He hasn't put a poetry book out because he keeps writing things for pay. That is crazy. You know, when when you could be just writing poetry for fun, you're you're writing uh, 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 things that that actually pay you money for having written them. That's that's bizarre. As a poet, I've I've never quite heard of that before. So, um, what can you do? Um, the number to call in is area code six four six seven one six seven three six two. We've got about a half hour left on the show. Plenty of lines available for you to call in and share a poem. And if you've got something to promote or say about your local poetry community, this is your uh, chance to do it. You can tell us about your website, your book, your reading that you do every week, uh, anything that you'd like. Give us a call. Uh, moving right along to a caller from the six four. I'm sorry, six one four area code. Hello. Uh, hello. This is Nicole Nicholson calling in from Columbus, Ohio. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Nicole. How are you? I'm doing very good. Um, gosh, everybody's talking about weather. It's 18 degrees here, and a couple of days ago we got our our first big. Um, well, I don't even know if you could call it big. It was only like three inches of snow. We got our first big snowstorm of 2010, and everybody here's like freaking out about it. In in what way are they freaking out? Well, um, the, news, the, 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 local, the local stations here tend to blow things up more than what they are. Uh, we started getting, like, the forecasts maybe on Wednesday or Thursday about this. Actually, no, we got them on Tuesday or Wednesday. But they're going, oh, my God, huge snowstorm. And we have been getting maybe two inches here, two inches there throughout the rest of the week. So I'm like, yeah, whatever, right. But at least I got to stay home from work on Friday, which was a good thing. Yes, well, that's always a good thing. I work from home, so uh, so I always get to stay home. Uh, uh, so I guess the other side of that is I never get to leave work. Yeah, there you go. And but I have a home degrees, Nicole. You you definitely win so far in terms of the temperatures that it is right now in different places that people I thought have the, to. I thought, the, I thought I thought the last caller from Minnesota would win. Well, she didn't mention the temperature. Maybe, you know, so she she might be winning, but just didn't want to reveal it to us. You know, but who knows? 18 sounds sounds pretty cold. I'm, I'm kind of freaking out just uh, thinking about it. <laughs> but anyway, I've got a poem this week, or this month, I should say. And I wrote this because I've been wanting to write a poem about Sylvia Plath for the longest time, and I, it just never came to me until a few weeks back. And I write um, poems frequently for a site called readwritepoem.org. Um, they're a large community of poets. One of the things they do is they provide weekly prompts. Um, they will, if you publish something, they will announce it, say, hey, somebody's so-and-so's got a book over here. Uh, they do kind of online type workshops. It's a really cool site, and I would recommend anyone who's a poet who has the extra time to kind of take a look, go by the site, or who can write, who, who, who can write to prompts. Even if you don't, that's cool. You can still share your work anyway. And this one, we had to do some sort of a repetition. We had to feature it in our poem. So you'll hear what I did, and I've, I've called it Ashes. It's easy. A burning half-morning light, so faint that candles cannot even make love with it, lest they disturb the shadow of amber that it drops onto the wall. And the pen, there's a certain rhythm to the scribble and the scratch, the hip-hop beat in ancient form, slowed down, sped up, 
running at a half rhythm with no no meter except for what is pulsed by the human hand. But yours needed a balm, a prayer, a reverence of rest. How you lucubrated, how you oscillated, a megawatt widow full of beat and bone flowing blood jets through your fingers. 3 a.m., 4 a.m., 5 a.m., soliloquies flayed off your skin out of the ear reach of children. It's easy, this burning half-morning light. So wanton and bloodtooth hungry that it forgets wood and wick and burns you instead for fuel. How holy was your fire, your phoenix incantations chanted by night and paper, chasing the demon of sleep away from you until you rose up, a scarlet-haired torture woman levitating by the magic of madness and words. And if that were not holy enough, your flames eschewed mere oxygen and sought oven gas for air. It's easy, this burning half-morning light, so halcyon that it fails to signal the oncoming freight train, the demon horse, Erato turned inside out and painted with Kali. This is the shaman and negative, shuddering your bones with his wild death dance. This is the cobra that steals your spine and slithers into the empty canal where your straight line of open mouth bone once rested, and it wears you until you die. I know, because I started saving up to feed the beast when I was eight. I began peeling myself off myself, casting that filthy girl adumbration upon the altar and blessing her with fire, executing myself in endless loop honor killings until I thought that girl was gone and Dad would finally be proud of me. Maybe, just maybe, I'd be tough, a fistful of angry glee, a ghetto woman of virtue minus the woman. But my ashes, they kept sticking in my throat, refusing to be swallowed or stolen to feed that serpent. So when I was 12, I started ejecting them from my throat and reading their tongues for answers. And it's easy, that burning half-morning light, so merciful that it renames itself redemption and swallows up our ash-demanding gods made out of marble men ties the neck of our ophidian beasts into knots. Yang said insane in Amorata, a frenzy out of her inside so it can no longer wear us for skin. You, Sylvia, you expired in the coffin at 23 Fitzroy Road before you could see this light, and the beast left you behind in ashes and red ink shaped like your father. We have been reading those dirty little piles of charcoal and scarlet ever since, trying to find out how to spell your name. But somehow, I am still here, living in that light, dancing ahead of the hot breath of the snake. I am 33 now, still reading the ashes that I refused to offer up to my own little Hitler made out of my father's face, resurrected draconian demands in my Freudian skull, and Stygian landscapes of memory. And these days, I drop tears into my cremated gold. And then I reach down and try to mold what is left of my powdered little girl into an ash golem so that no one, least of all I, will ever forget her face. And as my fingers struggle with that wet dust made out of me, I know that I will never forget my own.
Thank you. Thank you, Nicole. I, I, the, the line, my own little Hitler made out of my father's face, uh, uh, really struck me. I, um, I, I started picturing Hitler action figures for some reason, which I, I guess don't exist, but there, there's definitely something oddly and dangerously Freudian about that particular uh, image, but, uh, but good piece. Thank you. Um, got anything going on in, in Columbus and in Byron you'd like to tell us about? Actually, I've got a few things I'd like to mention. Uh, number one, we um, in Columbus, I've already mentioned that the 2010 uh, Women of the World Poetry Slam will be held in Columbus, Ohio. Um, there are several open mics in the city. Uh, two, the two that have slam teams, Writer's Block and Writing Wrongs, they have, um, through a process of elimination, um, they're slamming. They have two representatives to the Women of the World uh, Poetry Slam in March. I believe it's being held March 10th through the 13th. And if I'm not mistaken, the Writing Wrongs representative is Kim Braswell, and the Writer's Block representative is Rose Smith. The second thing I'd like to mention is that the All-Ohio Second Annual Battle Slam is happening on January the 26th, and it's happening at Writing Wrongs. And that starts off at 8 o'clock. There's going to be an open mic before that. And then there's going to be an all-Ohio slam following the open mic. Four teams from Ohio, one from Cleveland, one from Dayton, and two from Columbus uh, will be slamming off. And these slams are typically high energy. If you're in Ohio, if you're in Columbus, I would definitely encourage you to come out. More details about all the stuff can be found on my website, which is ravenswingpoetry.com. Again, that is ravenswingpoetry.com. And I think that is it for Columbus now. Well, you are certainly the voice of Columbus uh, poetry on, on Poetry Superhighway Live. Uh, thanks very much for sharing all that info uh, with us, Nicole. You're very welcome, and thank you. No problem. And um, I, I think you and I should invest in uh, um, Hitler action figures as a business. <laughs> as frightening as that may seem, I, I think there, oddly enough, might be a customer base for that. <laughs> exactly my point. Exactly my point. Um, we could retire on this. But um, okay, cool. Well, thanks again for calling in. Thanks as always for calling in. Uh, uh, always great to hear your work and look forward to, to next time. Well, thank you. Thank you. That is uh, Nicole Nicholson from Columbus, Ohio, a, uh, a regular regular here on Poetry Superhighway Live, a unique voice. Uh, check out her, her uh, website at ravenswingpoetry.com. I just posted that in the chat room as well. Um, uh, 20 minutes or so left in the show. And again, we do have open lines, so we'd love, to, love for you to call in. The number to call in is area code 646. 716-7362. Don't hesitate to uh, call in. We'd love to love to hear your work, um, and uh, it's a great opportunity. Even if you don't have a poem, if you just want to let us know about something that you've got going on in poetry, uh, it would um, more than happy to uh, to to get the information out there. Um, you know, I always wonder if if there's uh, someone listening from a particular town who might not be aware that there's a poetry community around them, and then someone else might call in from the same town and say, oh yeah, there's this reading here, you should check it out, and it's just another way that we help uh, connect people 
to uh, to other people's poetry. That's uh, that's the main mission of Poetry Superhighway. So please do call in. The number is six four six seven one six seven three six two. Moving along right now, the uh, next caller is from the five zero three area code. Hello. Hey, how are you? I'm great, thanks. Good. Who am I talking this is Paula. to? Paula. Paula Small. Woo! All right. That's <laughs> fantastic. You came with your own uh, cheering squad. Where, where are you calling from, Paul? I did. I'm from Portland, Oregon. But I used to live in L.A., so I can't really represent Portland as well. How long have you been in Portland? <laughs> um, let me see. It feels like a long time. About a year and a half now. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How's it, how's it going up there? It's all right. I've been listening to everybody talking about their weather, and it's pretty funny. It's it's pretty mild here, I think. It's only in the 40s. Um, but, you know, just, what, a week and a half ago or so, there was snow for about a day and a half. So, yeah. It was a big thing. Big do. You know, it's, it's really not a poetry reading uh, until um, – Everyone has talked about the weather. Um, that's that's my new theory. <laughs> um, interestingly enough, at the uh, at the reading that I the, the live in person reading I host at the Cobalt Cafe in uh, in L.A. Um, it's been fairly cold in L.A. at least relative to what people in L.A. think is cold, uh, including myself. And the Cobalt doesn't have heat, and so it's uh, uncomfortably cold inside. Or as I like to say to put sort of a more positive spin on it, we're we're now offering winter indoors as a feature of the poetry reading. So um but it sounds like it's it's fairly mild up there in Portland terms. So you you, you sound all right. Yeah, no, it is. And I used to go to the Cobalt when I lived in LA. And so I remember the temperature there. That's true. Oh well there you go. You say, there than up here. That's interesting. I, I knew your name sounded sounded familiar. So you you were you were a, a regular at the Cobalt for a while. I was. I think I I listened probably more than I read, but I did read a little bit. It's a good group. That's cool. It's it is. It's, did you say big or good? Because sometimes neither is true. But sometimes both are true. But sometimes it's just one. Um, yeah, that's uh, you know it's great when people come just to listen, and that's you know as anyone who runs a reading you know, might have noticed the phenomenon that often uh, there's no one in the audience who isn't a participant in some way, which can be a great thing if it's a good-sized group, but it's it's especially cool to have people just show up to readings just to to listen, even, even if, especially if they're not poets. I mean, the idea that we're, we're reaching across the bridge and poetry has somehow become an, an entertainment, you know, or, or an art form that other people are interested in besides people who actually create it is, is a very cool thing. So thank you for for, for being the, the sometimes not participant in the reading. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. That's why I'm here. Um, let me, but to, yes, just to let us know that you're there. You're not even going to read something. Um, before I let you, you know, there's a, there's a, another artist in Portland who also is a Cobalt regular who I wonder if you know, Mike Daly? I don't know. Uh-uh. Interesting. I mean, Mike. I, the only reason I ask is because he was such an interesting artist, and he um, he ran the uh, the counter at the Cobalt Cafe when I, while I was hosting uh, 
back when they could afford someone to run the counter. And uh, and eventually he he left LA and went up to Portland and is and is now doing a lot of writing and editing and performance art. And I think he's got he he does poetry a lot with a with a band. Uh, Behind him, so uh, you should you, you check him out. I'm sure you'd find it interesting if you if you enjoyed your time at the Cobalt. I I, I know you'd enjoy uh, uh, Mike. So um, look for him in Portland, Oregon. I will actually. Thank you. Because um, yeah, that's what's missing here in Portland is a, is an actual poetry scene that doesn't you know just include established poets. So trying to get something started here. Oh, that's the best way to do it. If there isn't anything going on, don't just start it yourself and and uh, get it get it going. If you need someone to sell the drinks, uh, you know you should call Mike because he was pretty good at that back uh, back then. <laughs> Those were good drinks too. I have to say they were really reasonable. You know, like they hadn't caught up with the inflation or anything, so it was great. Yes, of course. These days, they don't serve anything but prepackaged drinks. So uh, I would not show up to the Cobalt, you know, for the food uh, and beverages. But um, but I'm, I'm so glad your memories are, are fond of, uh, of of that time, the way it used to be uh, at the Cobalt. Um, so so Paula, do you have a, a poem for us? I do. I do. It's um, gosh. It's actually one that I haven't read anywhere um, before because I just I had just written it and then that was pretty much it. But I thought, hey, I'll read it during the Poetry Superhighway Live open reading. Yay. Um, it's called In Her Honor. An echo filled the cavernous crevice where lay in our untold stories. Time could not unlock the shackles clasped round ankles and wrists mine brethren and sisters. Her voice blanketed self-doubt and pity, casting casts and shame aside. Songs of freedom played herein, therein, round hearts and minds, mine history and future. Mama Africa, I called she. We whispered at the sight of her crown, her eyes lighted by the heavens, bountiful, pure, and true. No other voice could rupture a partake. No other songstress could activate a people with only one note. To Mama Miriam, your legacy of children will forever be thankful. That's it. It's short. Nice. It's shorter than most of mine. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, we, you know, like I said, there's no content or style restrictions, and. Um, and uh, short is good. I, I think. Uh, I think. Uh, well, I'm short for one, so I, you know, things that match that are, are just particularly appealing to me. Uh, but um, uh, you know, it's it's kind of like the the time limit at, at the Cobalt. We I, I offer seven minutes, as you may recall, for people to read their poetry, which is a fairly generous amount of time for an open an open reading. And um, but it's not, you know, seven minutes minimum. And a lot of times people really try to fill that space, and if they ask how much time they have left, it's, you know, say, oh, you've got a minute and a half, and they'll try to squeeze something in. And sometimes it's it's really impressive when someone gets up and reads a short poem and sits down. You know, it's it's not about filling the time limit or quality based on the length of your piece. It's it's about what you wanted to do in that moment and, and, and sharing it. So uh, no need to apologize for the brevity. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. 
No problem. So, um, are, so you were saying there's there's not really anything in Portland that you're aware of that, uh, in terms of live poetry that you that you can go and show up to an open reading. Nothing goes on it there that you know. Um, not really in Portland. You have to go about an hour outside of Portland. There's um, a, well, somewhat. It's not really a small town, but it's considered a small town compared to Portland called Hillsboro, and there is an open reading that's been running um, every second Tuesday for a few months now, actually, for probably most of 2009, and they just got renewed to do it again this year. So that's kind of brimming with promise, although it's an hour outside of Portland. <laughs> but, you know, half poetry will travel. So, like, but Portland is kind of a big city, though, right? It, it's a big city in terms of the rest of Oregon. It's not anything compared to the other metropolitan cities you would think of, like Seattle, L.A., New York, San Fran, you know. Um, and I think that lends itself to part of the problem. A lot of people drive into Portland to work, but people who live in Portland are usually transplanted and just trying to figure out things. Um, <laughs> so I think that's been, you know. Interesting. Yeah, it's, it's been an interesting thing living here and, and assuming that since, you know, we do have Powell Books, which is this huge bookstore, as I'm sure you already know. But yeah. so people read. People are very literate here. But when it, when it comes to just somebody putting pen to paper and stepping up into a venue and sharing that with people, you don't find that so much around town. I could be wrong. I don't think I am. <laughs> but... Yeah, you have a few places that will start up, and then after you know two or three months, they become defunct. So there isn't anything like the cobalt at all running. Um, well, pretty much anywhere in the world, uh, yes, there's nothing like the cobalt. But um, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, there's no you know regular venue where you can you can meet people who have chapbooks like you know like yourself and have CDs and and all of these things. But you can also have just you know Joe Schmo who decided just today to become a poet. I mean, you don't really have that sort of blend of people. So I'm trying to get something started, and I have a, a music show on community radio, and I'm trying to incorporate about 30 minutes of spoken word to try to encourage people to, <laughs> to share their work. And that way, you know, it's on the radio, so it's a little anonymous, a little bit. So. Cool. Do you um, is there anywhere where um, people can check out uh, your work? Um, do, do you have a website or anything like that? Um, I have a blog that I haven't updated in a long time. I'm really bad about that. I know. I know. I try to encourage other people though to <laughs> to get all of that started. I'm like, get yourself a website. I'm always talking about that, and then look at me. Um, they well, tell us always, what it is next time. Okay. They can always go to my blog that is sometimes updated, sometimes not. It's, um, and I'll spell it. It's sankofa212.zanga.com. So it's S as in Sam, A-N-K-O-F-A, dot X as in xylophone, A-N-G-A.com. Cool. Are you in the chat room? By any chance? You should. You should, um, you should uh, go into the chat room and, and type that in, so everyone can uh, can um, have the opportunity to to go to that if, if they're interested. 
Um, okay. I'm going into the chat room. I'm going to post it there. So if anybody's in the chat room, I'll I'll have it in there. Fantastic. <laughs> Paula, well, great. Um, I I really appreciate you calling in, and uh, good to good to reconnect with you as were, and um, and uh, call in again. And you know, if there's no reading in in uh, in uh, Portland, you might as well make this your local reading. I will. I'm I'm gonna have to. But thank you so much, Rick. I appreciate it, and thanks for having this live open reading too. My pleasure. Completely my pleasure. Um, cool. So that's uh, Paula Small calling from Portland, Oregon, a first-time caller, but someone from my past who uh, participated in um, in in uh, the reading I host uh, every week at the Cobalt. Wow, I've sure plugged the hell out of that reading uh, uh, today. So I guess uh, all of you will be traveling uh, from different parts of the world to uh, to see it and to participate in it. And and I don't blame you. It's, it's well worth it. It's all well. It's it's uh, it's Tuesday nights, um, nine o'clock p.m. Um, in Canoga Park, California. You can check out um, the details all about it at um, poetrysuperhighway.com/cobalt. That's C-O-B-A-L-T, and you can see the uh, schedule of people who um, will be reading. Um, I have featured readers almost every single week, and you can also view uh, PDFs of the broadsides which I published. I mentioned that uh, earlier today. Every single week I take a poem from the featured reader and I design a, a poster. It's an 11 by 17 black and white poster and we, so we compensate the readers. We, we, um, we sell those uh, at the reading for a minimum $1 donation. All the money goes to the poet. You get to take home a cool poster, etc. So all of those, there's um, over 200 of them now. I've been doing this for a bunch of years. Uh, they are all online. You can, if you go to that website, the Cobalt Poets website, which is poetrysuperhighway.com/cobalt, click on the PDFs option there, and you, or I'm sorry, the broadsides option, and you can actually view right on your screen all of them that we've uh, done. They're they're pretty cool looking, if I do say so myself. It's not like we just put the words on the paper and print it out. There's a whole design to it. There's different kinds of images, and it's a, just an interesting thing. And, and those of you who uh, might be considering publishing something yourself, may, maybe start with a broadside instead of a whole book or chapbook. It's uh, uh, certainly uh, easier. You can focus on one thing, and it's a, it's a whole different exercise, too, because instead of um, you know putting together a manuscript, you're, you're trying to figure out, well, with this one poem, you know what's you know what images go with it. What what will complement this on the page that uh, will make this an engaging visual piece in addition to uh, in addition to you know uh, supporting the the words itself. So that's what those are about. If you if you want to know what I'm talking about, click on broadsides from the Cobalt Poets menu, um, which I will uh, uh, type into the chat room uh, post. Haste, so that way, uh, in case you're too lazy to remember and you just want to click on a link, uh, you can you can do that. Um, and show up if you happen to be in LA, uh, if you live here, or if you are traveling through LA. Um, the uh, reading is every Tuesday night at nine o'clock, every single week. If you think you might be heading to LA, I love to feature people who are um, who are traveling through town and support people. And you know, a lot of times poets are traveling through with their new books and they're looking for um, looking for places to read, and I'm, 
I love supporting people who are on tour or just people who happen to be in town who are poets. Uh, whether or not you get a featured reading, certainly the, the open reading is, is very generous. Like I mentioned, uh, it's a seven-minute time limit. I don't know how many of you um, y'all participate in open readings, but it's typically a, a much shorter time limit. It's you know five minutes maybe is, is kind of a typical amount, or or one poem and, and uh, whatever. You know, not not to uh, uh, decry those readings. I'm not even sure if decry is a word, but it may be. Um, uh, uh, but um, you know, when I took over the cobalt reading a number of years ago kind of inherited the seven-minute time limit. And it's sort of like uh, for all of the open readers who do use the, the full time limit, it's, it's almost like having a mini, mini featured reading for, for every single uh, featured poet, which is, which is good and bad, I suppose, depending on whether you, you like that uh, person. I, I know that for every person who reads in the open reading, I, I suspect there's someone in the audience who, who loves their work and wishes that they could go on for another 10 or 15 minutes, and there's probably at least one person in the audience who um, would think, gosh, I, I wish they, they would have shut up 10 minutes ago or heard five minutes ago or whatever, whatever it is. So that's kind of the, the beauty of, of, of hosting an open mic, um, whether it's this one online or one in person at the Cobalt or, or where, where you go to, or, or even publishing. The, you know, On the Poetry Superhighway, I really try to put up a lot of different kinds of poetry, and it's sort of my general philosophy is exposing as many people to as many other people's poetry as possible. So um, that's what it's all about. Um, well, we're just about out of time. We could probably squeeze a 30-second poem in if someone wanted to call in. The number is uh, area code 646-716-7362. If you want to call in in the, next, in the next now, I could probably get you on the air to read a really short poem if you want to plug something really quickly. Um, in the meantime, I can uh, thank everyone for calling in. Uh, David from Newark, New Jersey. Uh, Noreen from Lake Wells, Florida, um, Liz from Esca, Minnesota, Nicole from Columbus, Ohio, and we just finished, of course, talking to Paula from Portland, Oregon. I don't think we got the temperatures of uh, uh, every single uh, person. That is not their body temperature. Maybe next week we'll focus on, uh, next month, I should say, we'll focus on body temperatures, so uh, be prepared with that information. But it seems like everyone wanted to talk about the weather this time. Uh, there, there's a poem in that somewhere I'm sure, uh, but uh, hopefully wherever you are, it's, it's cozy. Our next reading will be on February 7th at uh, 2 o'clock p.m. Pacific, which I guess is 5 o'clock p.m. East Coast time, and, well, you know where you live and how to figure out what time it is uh, from the rest of the time, so plan on calling in and sharing your work. We'd love to have you call in then, and of course, uh, as I mentioned already, on February 1st, we're going to be launching into the next great poetry exchange, so Prepare your book. Uh, prepare to, to sign up online, and um, and uh, and you'll be sending your book to a random person in another part of the world, and uh, you will, as a surprise, get another book from a whole other person. It's a very cool thing to participate in. You may love the book that you get. You may hate the book that you get, but by God, you'll get a book. And... Um, and um, it'll be a cool thing. Um, also, just one more uh, plug for my new book. It's called We Put Things in Our Mouths. It's available now on uh, Amazon.com uh, and, and nowhere else. Uh, there'll be a more kind of a official release when I get my own copies, and I'll send out an email about it. But if you go to Amazon.com and you uh, click on, or if you just type in uh, my name in the search box, uh, the first thing that'll come up is, is that book. There's a lot of other books. 
You might as well buy all of my books as long as you're there, but uh, that is the latest one. It's poems I wrote in Europe. I had some sample poems on there, kind of humorous, uh, observational poems there, a couple more serious uh, pieces. Uh, maybe you'll dig it. Um, uh, check it out. Uh, we put things in our mouths. The poet's experiences in Amsterdam, Brussels, Bruges, and Paris by me, Rick Looper. Thanks again for uh, listening, everyone, and uh, have a lovely rest of your afternoon. <laughs>